0: Hi, I'm Mark Crawford. This team radio podcast is powered by my friends at Magnuson Ford. It's hard to beat a Magnuson Ford deal in Abbotsford and online at magnusonford.ca.
1: We're going to see how this matchup goes. They have to play us, too, but we'll see how that works out. But uh, it makes for a great challenge for the coaching staff trying to get prepared, the game plan, and, and, of course, come game day when the players take take care of it, they'll be checked out. It's an amazing challenge for us.
0: Going to get to our NFL insider, Alex Marvez of Fox Sports, here in a moment, a presentation of Sports Action Odds Set to Outcome. Donnie, did you see the picture of Rob Ford? In the Broncos jersey today. Yes,
1: I'm sure the Broncos are <laughs> proud of that and uh, are happy that they have a new fan. That has to do with Orlando Franklin, of course. It does. He
0: grew up in Toronto. Rob Ford has a way of showing up at big sporting events, though. Well, maybe we see him Sunday? Alex Marvez will be there. People will <laughs> see Alex Marvez, our number one NFL insider. He joins us from New York. Alex, how are you?
2: Jeff, Donnie, I'm doing great, and you know, just so you know, actually, Rob Ford and Orlando Franklin are good friends. Just so you know, this that Rob has followed his career not only collegiately mm-hmm. but in the NFL. The two speak regularly and are very close.
1: Yeah, uh, Rob's Rob. We we have. A, I don't know if you've talked to him, but Julio Caravetta, former BC Lion quarterback. Um, uh, Rob Ford was Julio's center right in high school, and Julio claims that Rob wasn't a bad player so there's a football background there yeah
2: i can see you know i saw the dance moves the other day you know imitating his jamaican police chief so you know i know the guy's got a little bit of mobility but maybe you know about 100 pounds lighter would you know be, be a little more nimble there you go
0: uh media day tomorrow yes do you like media day i mean you've been to these things enough do you get anything out of media day
2: Uh, very difficult just because there's so much media there you're not going to you know if you're looking for stuff that that is going to be you know uh, any sort of individual work whatsoever it's very hard to get a one-on-one for example to peel away but you know it is part of the spectacle of New York for television or for the Super Bowl rather for television it's great material because you're going to have some really really goofy media that's going one thing that is curious about this media day that's become a little bit of a story on its own 17 Seahawks players have been given podiums to speak because of the popular demand Marshawn Lynch not one of them. Really? Marshawn apparently didn't want to do this, so the Seahawks are, you know, you have to go ahead, try to find him on the field, and then talk to him in a large group setting, but that is just something I found a little bit curious, considering he is one of the top running backs in the game, and little PR exposure doesn't hurt anybody when it comes to off-field endorsements.
1: But off the field, he's been in a bad mood, I think for about half the season. I think he got burned somewhere in Seattle, and he has been talking a lot, Alex, so uh, that, that might might make sense. Did Was Day a day uh, uh, just a, it was just a has it lost some of its uniqueness when it first came out? I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And now rarely do you see a piece where you go, wow, that was outstanding.
2: Yeah, it, it's become cliche, yeah. you know, but sometimes it is your first opportunity to get certain Ringo. players. Remember, yeah. yeah, so far this week, we've gotten a total of 12 Bronco players, 12 Seahawk players, uh, and that's it, and not the rest of the roster. So this is where some people come back. Uh, but no, it, it's definitely, it's jumped the shark. I mean, trust me when I tell you, I mean, it's, there's only so many cute kids you can send out. There are only so many animated superheroes dressed in costumes, things like that before <laughs> it starts getting old. But the NFL loves it because it goes ahead and it brings a different audience to, their, to cover the NFL you because go. you've got so many people that outlets that are just covering media day itself oh it's media day it's funny let's ask the players stupid questions so they get another round of publicity beyond the average sports hacks who have to be there anyway
0: (laughs) Alex what are we likely to hear from Roger Goodell at the uh, state of the league address later in the week
2: well, it's going to be the same things. You know, what's going on with human growth hormone? Now, what about the point after touchdown? You know, you'll hear about rules things. You'll hear about future Super Bowls, cold weather cities. That's clearly going to be something that's going on right now. You know, with New York, it's going to be so cold tomorrow here by, by Super Bowl standards, not by real-life standards in Vancouver, or Toronto, or ever, You know, 16 degrees Fahrenheit, though, is going to be cold, so there's going to be talk about whether or not this is something viable for the future. Looks like the NFL may catch a break when it comes to weather on Sunday. It appears that it may be a non-factor. Uh, but it, those are the types of things. It's all state of the union type addresses, uh, you know, that he goes ahead and, and he's pretty accessible when it comes to the media, though. He addresses things and, you know, another thing, too, talk about concussions, where that stands, you know, where the settlement is right now with the former players. So just basically a laundry list of everything going on with the league. The commissioner will spin for an hour and uh, we go from there.
0: Alex Marvez of Fox Sports, our number one NFL insider, joining us on the Team 1040 from New York. Yeah, I see the forecast calling for sudden clouds and somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 degrees on Sunday.
2: Yeah, right, which is so fortuitous for the NFL, because this way, you know, you really can't argue against it. And it opens up the bidding for other cities. Look, the NFL wants to pit as many cities against each other bidding for Super Bowls because it sweetens the pot for them. So now if you see a Denver, for example, and I think Denver is an interesting place to have a Super Bowl game. You saw how it can be in January at times, you know, with that Patriots-Broncos game, 60 degrees. You've seen it at other times where it's an absolute blizzard. But that is the type of city that has the infrastructure to handle a game. If you look at Minnesota, they've announced today that they're applying for a future Super Bowl. John Mara of the New York Giants some interesting comments today as well the NFL wants to go back to Los Angeles for a Super Bowl but only when a team is in place so you're going to start putting them in the rotation so I just think that the league knows what a big money maker it has in the Super Bowl which is why they're able to move, over, move it around why they're able to leverage cities to go ahead and give them a free corporate handout to go ahead and host the game
1: hey Alex I can't remember are you uh, one of these reporters that gets a read on the Super Bowl teams and, and if so what usually works is it the team that's uh, loose and relaxed that that comes out on top or is the team that's a little more business-like?
2: Ooh, that's an interesting question. I, you know, I think there's something to be said for the, the experience that Seattle has to deal with since nobody on their roster has been to a Super Bowl before. So I think there's something like that, whereas a guy like Peyton Manning has been there and done that. And you can lean on his experience. You can lean on Wes Welker's experience. You can lean on John Fox having been a head coach in a Super Bowl before, knowing how to get his team prepared. So I think if there's any edge when it comes to that preparation stuff, I've got to think that the Denver Broncos have it. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes, uh, you know, remember those eight original uh, AFL owners, you know, the the foolish club Mm -hmm. all those guys they didn't know any better and they went ahead and they formed the league and it ended up merging with the nfl well maybe there's something to be said for that too with the seahawks team because they have stepped up and met every challenge along the way but it's such a different stage when you're out there and all the cameras are going off and just need a whole week of hype for the super bowl i think the broncos should be better off handling this going forward
1: what's the latest report card on the pro bowl
2: uh, you know better? I-, I think because the game was competitive, at least the commissioner's happy with that. Uh, it wasn't how it usually is, where it's just everybody scoring at once. In fact, the over under on this game was 90 points, guys, and it didn't even hit halfway. Huh. Think about that. So it was a competitive game. I think that's what they wanted. Guys tried harder. I mean, you saw that by the hit from Derek Johnson on his own teammate, Jamal Charles. And, you know, what ended up, it was hokey as anything. You know, Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice. And I'm not into the shtick, but you know what that draft did? It got some players angry. And I talked to Mike Pouncey, the Miami Dolphins, about that, their center. And he said that guys felt snubbed and that they were going to take out their frustration on Sunday to show, why didn't you draft me earlier? It really did serve as a motivational tactic for some of these players. So the, the commissioner wanted a more competitive game. It's still the Pro Bowl, but it was better than what we've seen in recent years.
0: Alex, as we sit here uh, on Monday, so we've got the week to build this thing up. But uh, as you look at these two teams, I mean, the question that's been asked out here for, for the second half of the season is, do the Seahawks have enough offense to win a Super Bowl? I guess the flip side there is, can the Broncos score on this Seahawks defense?
2: Yes, and that is, that is one of the big, that's for the big matchup. And then, you know, you, you could flip it around as, as well. You know what I mean? It, it's, you know, when it comes to looking at, at this thing inside and out, and then special teams are going to be a factor. What can Percy Harvin contribute on special teams? Will Matt, Matt Prater be totally healthy for the Broncos? He's been limited by a virus that knocked him out of practice last week, also forced John Fox to send him home. But, you know, I think when you look this is such a game of matchups, and what I'm wondering is, how can Seattle take advantage of some Denver Broncos deficiencies at cornerback? Are they going to be able to go ahead and Hit the outside guys, uh, you know, and and take and do it. Because New England, they couldn't do it. They just are not built that way this year. They don't have any outside threats. Can Seattle get something going on the outside to help open things up for their running game?
1: Um, uh, And away from the Super Bowl, Gary Kubiak gets uh, hired as the Baltimore Ravens' new offensive coordinator. Um, Is that the right choice? And what's the latest on Kubiak's health?
2: Uh, Kubiak said he was good today. He said that his health is okay. Uh, You know, he didn't have any sort of ramifications from the stroke. And I'll be honest, you know, having two months off, I'm sure even though he would have loved to have continued to have been coaching, I'm sure that he would have, you know, I'm sure that in his case, it was not a bad time to step away from football, recharge your batteries. But what I like about this is that they've also brought in Rick Dennison, who's a very trusted assistant of his. He's going to be handling the quarterbacks. And Gary is a very good offensive coordinator. The guy can put together great game plans. I think that you'll see a West Coast-style offense. It's a one-cut-and-go type running system. Uh, You know, I just think I I like the hire, especially when you look out at other offensive coordinators that don't have that established record. Gary Kubiak does. I mean, I don't think the offense was a problem in Houston. I think there was some discipline issues when it came to him as a head coach. I think there was a quarterback issue when it came to Matt Schaub, and the offensive line on the right side never was able to go ahead and match its 2011 peak after they cut Eric Winston. So I think those are things. So I think Gary Kubiak will be a good, a very successful offensive coordinator for the Ravens, and I can see them making the postseason again next year.
0: So he goes to Baltimore. Jim Schwartz shuffles off to Buffalo as a defensive coordinator. Uh, What about the fit there? And of those two guys, uh, either or both have uh, a chance of getting back to being head coaches again somewhere along the line?
2: I think somewhere along the line, I think Gary Kubiak a little bit more than Jim Schwartz because Kubiak did have a track record of getting this team in the playoffs. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see exactly how this pans out in Buffalo because Jim Schwartz is not going to be running a 3-4. He'll be running a 4-3. They've had this lack of an identity on defense in Buffalo. When you think about all these different coordinators that they move in and out, back and forth, I mean, Mike Pettin, his style of defense, blitzing from everywhere, much different than a Jim Schwartz defense, which really, if you look at it, was like the Tennessee Titans defense under Jeff Fisher. You know, really, it was a, a four-man line. It was often a 4-6 Bear-style defense. Uh, so I'm going to be curious to see exactly how this these two systems mesh, uh, what Jim Schwartz wants to do and what the Bills already have, because clearly there's some good defensive talent. There's a team that led the NFL in sacks.
0: I can't believe you think that uh, this whole notion of guys dressing up like superheroes gets old at media day.
2: What? Well, maybe it's you under the mask, Jeff. I don't know. Oh, you are well, you, Pickboy? From so, Nickelodeon? Is well, this? Do we have Nickelodeon in Canada? We'll have Daft we Punk do. showing up. I can guarantee it. Well, and you know that—that's why B-Mac's sick. You know he was under one of those motorcycle helmets.
0: Oh man, the secret's that's out. What he was doing. There it is. <laughs> uh, enjoy the week. Uh, steer clear of
2: Moj. Yes, for sure. I would. <laughs> I'm sure the shirt will warn me. The, the brightness. I'll be okay. It's like not looking, not staring directly at the sun. <laughs> we'll catch I up.
0: We'll catch up with you on Friday for a little bit more of a game preview. By then.
2: Sounds great. Go connect. Thanks,
0: Alex. All right, Alex Marvez of Fox Sports, our number one NFL insider in a presentation of Sports Action, Oddset 2 Outcome. Easiest way to bet on sports, just pick a winner, Oddset 2 Outcome. Go to bclc.com slash sports action for today's games. Must be 19-plus to play. Hi, I'm Mark Crawford. This team radio podcast is powered by my friends at Metro Ford. It's hard to beat a Metro Ford deal in Port Coquitlam and online at metromotors.com.